Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unto the Breach, an experiment in practical screenwriting. I am your host, Stephen Floyd. In today's episode, I'll share the outline for my adaptation of Hellblazer issues 202 to 215 by Mike Carey, as well as reflections on my attempt to write nine screenplays in 12 months. But before we get to that, please be sure to like and subscribe. If you haven't already, visit my website, breachblog.net, for additional information and previous episodes. So week one was interesting. I feel like I got a free pass because it was Thanksgiving and I only had to work on Monday. My boss kindly allowed me to leave early so my wife and I could avoid a snowstorm and drive to her parents' home in Northern California. So, it really wasn't a challenge to carve out time for writing. The only time my project came into conflict with personal obligations was Wednesday morning when everyone wanted to share breakfast together. I took a pass and worked in the living room and everyone was cool with it. So the balance between screenwriting and my personal life has really been minimal, but that's likely to change in the coming weeks. I'll talk more about that later in the episode. As far as the outline goes, I was very pleased with how much of the original story I was able to retain without creating a plot that was overwhelming or too focused on fans of the series. For those unfamiliar with Hellblazer, it's a graphic novel first published in 1987 featuring John Constantine, a paranormal detective who made his debut in 1985 in Swamp Thing. John is a wisecracking occultist known for his long cons and willingness to place others in harm's way. A good John Constantine arc usually ends with one of his friends being dragged through a portal to hell shouting, John, you bastard! And then John grousing about how he doesn't have any friends. Hellblazer was first adapted for the screen in the 2005 Keanu Reeves film Constantine, which didn't fare well with critics or fans. However, I would argue it was a reasonably faithful adaptation. Though it played fast and loose with many details, it managed to capture the spirit of the series, particularly when John manipulated Satan into curing his lung cancer. The series has since been adapted into a TV show starring Matt Ryan, who reprised his role as Constantine in two DC animated features. The Matt Ryan versions rely far more heavily on the source material, including Constantine's stint as a patient at Ravenscar Mental Asylum. So, when I chose to adapt Hellblazer for the screen, I wanted to make sure I wasn't covering the same ground that had been trod before. When I considered which story arcs to use, my immediate thought was Mike Carey's run on Hellblazer between 2002 and 2006, specifically the issues where John's children try to kill everyone he's ever been close to. This results in the death of his sister Cheryl, among numerous other casualties. When John tries to bring Cheryl back, Cheryl's given a choice by Satan, return to Earth with her brother John, or stay in Hell with her husband Tony, who was condemned for killing both Cheryl and himself. If she stays, Tony's suffering would be halved. Without hesitating, Cheryl picks option number two, and John leaves empty-handed. It's one of the most profound losses in John Constantine's long career of setbacks and suffering, so it seemed like an ideal example of what Hellblazer means at its core. A man with the power to save the world time and time again, who never manages to save what matters to himself. So this story arc posed a few different problems, particularly John's children. These weren't normal kids. They were half-demons conceived after John made a bargain with a demoness to restore lost memories. His children can't kill him because then they would die, but they can kill his friends and family, and they make a game out of who can conceive the most gruesome executions. And then there were long plot arcs involving John's best friend Chaz and his ex-girlfriend Angie, 
who were also targets of the demon spawn, but were saved through John's intervention. I ended up removing all of these elements for the screenplay because they provided too many moving parts for what needed to be a simple story. It would take forever to explain why John was tricked into conceiving kids with a demon, who all the characters were that the kids were targeting, as well as following the arcs for Chaz and Angie. So to make a straight adaptation of the story would have required probably four hours worth of movie and a lot of inside baseball, so it would have been unwatchable. Uh, so I decided to focus on the relationship between John and Cheryl, as well as Cheryl's teenage daughter, Gemma. In the graphic novels, Gemma wants to emulate John and become an occultist, though John tries numerous times to talk her out of it. This offered a great foil of the idealist neophyte versus the disillusioned veteran, so I leaned heavily into that relationship for the screenplay. Gemma starts out using her street smarts and basic understanding of magic to assert herself, but after watching her mother willingly choose damnation, she disavows anything to do with magic or her uncle, causing John to simultaneously lose and save someone he cares about. The third relationship that rose to the surface was between John and the demon Nergal. In Akkadian mythology, Nergal was the lord of the underworld, but in Hellblazer he's a particularly cunning member of demon nobility. Nergal is the demon who kidnaps Cheryl's soul and promises to help John restore her to Earth if John helps him with some personal matters. Nergal's land and titles have been usurped by his daughter, and he uses John to sneak his way back into the castle. There's a lot of backstory regarding this usurpation, and I decided to keep that at a minimum because it would have slowed Act 2 to a crawl. We'll see how that pans out when I begin with that particular sequence in the screenplay. Between those three relationships, I kept as much of the original story intact as I could. This was both to preserve Carrie's original vision for the plot and to reduce the amount of heavy lifting required during the writing process. Unless something goes disastrously wrong, I should not have to bend too far backwards to flesh out the plot or even a lot of the dialogue. So as I move from outline to actual pages in the screen, Screenplay. I anticipate the beginning is going to require the most effort and attention, which is normal. If you're writing a screenplay, you're going to revise the introduction a couple dozen times, and the biggest challenge for this screenplay is going to be introducing the audience to the world that is Hellblazer, where most magicians are petty elitists and John gladly bears the mark of a blue-collar mage. I think it'll be most effective to focus on John's relationship with Cheryl and the fact that the way he lost her was really an occupational hazard. That'll be a good way to begin exploring who is John Constantine and what is it he's really trying to accomplish. And that way we'll get the audience paying attention long enough to make it through some of the slower exposition in the beginning. I have an expectation that the rest of the screenplay is going to go rather quickly. Uh, between what I've outlined and what's already written in the graphic novel, I have a lot to pull from. And the hardest part is going to be putting it down on the page. I don't anticipate the ending is going to change. Uh, but that's what I said about my last screenplay, and I ended up going in the opposite direction plot-wise when I reached that point in the story. So we'll, we'll see how things pan out. If I maintain about an hour per day of writing for the next four weeks, I should reach 90 pages no problem. That will leave one week for revisions, and then I'll have my first of nine screenplays completed by January 5th. I have no intention of getting done early, because in a real deadline setting, it behooves a writer to take all the time they're given to ensure that they turn in their best work. To make sure I have time for writing during my day, I'm going to elongate my commute. Instead of driving to the main station in the southeast suburbs of Portland to reach downtown, I'm going to use the train station closest to my house. This is going to add about 20 minutes each way on what's already about an hour-long commute, but 
that's going to equate to a lot of time uninterrupted on the train to focus on writing each morning when my mind is fresh and ready to go. The afternoons are a bit more of a crapshoot. You can't always guarantee seating on the train when you're downtown, but we'll see how that pans out. I look forward to reporting the results in next week's podcast after I have a whole week of writing in earnest. A quick note about those of you on my website who are going to download the outline in discussed in this week's episode. It's a little rough. I debated about whether or not to polish it up because right now it's written in a format that I understand, but it might be hard to follow for a lot of other people. However, I decided, you know, the whole point of this project is to take a warts and all look at my writing process. So I decided to keep the the outline as is. And if this proves to be a little unhelpful, I do apologize. In the future, I do intend to uh, be a little more mindful of others reading my outline as I go forward. But when I started into this, I wasn't focused on readability. I just wanted to get the plot on the page. So I had something Uh, to actually look at. So again, if it's a bit of a chore to read through, I apologize. But, you know, this is a practical experiment in screenwriting and and there's a lot of messy steps in the process. But in addition to the outline this week, I do plan to upload outlines in the future as well as segments of the actual screenplay as they become finished. Uh, This isn't going to be as simple as, you know, just taking all those extant copies and linking them together for a finished product. There's going to be a lot of heavy revisions, or there always is in the process. I look forward to sharing that progress and the changes that are made with you guys in the future. So thank you so much for listening, and again, please like and subscribe, and if you haven't yet, be sure to visit me at breachblog.net.